Welcome. You've tuned in to Living the Miracle with hosts Michael and Raphael Tamura. You are meant to live a joy-filled life, and you most certainly can. In this program, you will learn simple yet powerful psychic tools to help you fulfill your soul's purpose in this world. Now, here are your hosts, Michael Tamura and Raphael Tamura. Hello to all our friends around the world and to you, and welcome to Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. I'm Raphael. And I'm Michael. The purpose for our show is to awaken souls, develop intuition, and fulfill purpose. Speaking of fulfilling purpose, did you know that a big part of fulfilling your purpose as a spiritual being incarnated here in this world is to be a really happy camper? (laughs) Well, we're all here to learn first and foremost because incarnating on earth to a human soul is like going to school. The duration of each incarnation is like the school year, and dying and returning to the spirit realm is like summer vacation until our next reincarnation school year. And that goes on until we fully complete all of our studies and get to finally graduate. Of course, most of all the learning we're here to do is to discover who we are in truth, rather than continuing to assume that we are who we might think we are. And a big part of discovering who we are is to realize that we are spirit, and that also means that we are fully creative. Yes, did you ever consider just how powerfully creative you are, whether you think so or not? Well, today we've decided to share with you some thoughts about not only the extent and power of your creativity, but also what expressing your joy has to do with that. Many people tend to compare their creative output, both in quality and quantity, with others' creative output and decide, well, they aren't very creative. They end up admiring those who are at the top of their various fields of endeavor in the world and may wish they could be so great, but know that they have scant chance of getting up to those levels of accomplishments. Most people seem to not know that there only needs to be one person who is the first one to accomplish something great, a particular something, because once that person does, it opens up the arena for anyone else interested in doing something in that particular arena. And because we currently live in such a fiercely competitive world, it's easy for so many people to get drawn into that game of competition. Who is good, who is better, and who is the best? Yet, if you've been listening to our shows, you know that when it comes to your spiritual development, getting invested in any kind of competition is a surefire way to limit your spiritual growth and fulfillment. It's not a problem at all to enjoy competitive events in sports, entertainment, politics, and the arts, and so on, so long as you don't believe in the competition. Competing outwardly for fun during the contest can be both enjoyable as well as a learning opportunity, yet when you believe in the competition, you end up competing against your true eternal self. Why? Because all competition is ultimately competing against your undivided self, 
under the belief that you are lacking in some way. When you get into competition, you divide yourself against your true self in order to get better than who you think you are. But who you think you are is never who you are in truth. Then the more you try to be more and better than what is not true about yourself, you increase that division within you. Your spiritual growth is dependent on you becoming all you which means realizing that you have always been and always will be undivided, limitless, eternal being that you are. I think I do that line in every uh, introduction, but it's so, so true. Competition has no place in that attainment. Intrinsic to your true eternal nature is that you are creative. In spirit, where there is no time or space, that means you are creative, period. You just are. Yet when you incarnate in this world of time and space, you being the fully creative you means you are creative and so you are creating all the time wherever you are. Even if you just sit there staring at the wall, you are creating. I'm creatively staring at the wall. (laughs) (laughs) Creating at the wall, creating boredom, for instance. (laughs) During your sleep, you are creating. Oh, yes, you are. And if you are continuously creating in time and space, you have to make both the time and space into which you can adequately and appropriately express your creativity. A lot of what you are doing at any given time of the day or night is part of your expression of your creativity, whether you are baking a cake, eating it, or wishing you could do one or the other or both. You could be sitting in silence and meditation, but you are still a creative being expressing your creativity in and as that silence. Speaking out loud is just one small way that you creatively express yourself in the world. Not speaking out loud at times can express even more of who you are. Yet for either way of creative expression to work for you, you need to create the time and space here to do so. You've undoubtedly been on the other side of a common attempt to communicate with someone unsuccessfully. Oh yes, we have. One example of that is you are starting to talk to a person about something important to you, and that person is rushing out the door saying, oh sorry, can't talk now. Or you were the person picking up your phone while someone else wanted to talk to you, excusing yourself that you had an important call you had to make at the time. The one who wished to have that conversation didn't correctly or adequately create the time and space for it to happen. On the other hand, if you wanted to have an important conversation with someone and you made prior arrangements to set up not only the time and space for such a conversation with that particular person, but also created a time and space appropriate for and conductive to the nature of your communication. Chances are you would have succeeded. It could be that you just discovered what may be great news to you that you are, say, pregnant. If it's the kind of news that both you and your partner had already discussed, agreed upon, and were expecting, You probably could just call your partner up in the middle of a busy workday and spring the great news on him or her. Even if your partner was a VP of a company in the middle of presiding over an important board meeting, 
Your partner may be the kind of person who would interrupt the entire meeting to welcome the news and celebrate it with the world instantly. But in a lot of relationships and situations, it might not exactly be like that. So even if the news is absolutely great for you, if you are not sure how your partner would handle it, you might expect to spend extra care and attention on creating the time and space to communicate the news. You might make prior arrangements to meet with your partner for a quiet and relaxing dinner somewhere. You might give your partner a little heads up that you're wanting to share something important to you. Even once you get together at the prearranged place, you might start with communication to help your partner shift his or her attention from work to personal things and to relax. When you see that your partner is ready and more available to hear news of that magnitude, then you'll have the best opportunity to have the news received well by someone who is ready and willing to hear it. Then, even if the news turns out to be a total surprise to your partner and your partner would need some time to process it before responding to it, it would give both of you the time and space to creatively express what comes next. Uh, Are you pregnant? (laughs) No. (laughs) No no way. (laughs) Well, exactly. (laughs) This is... What I find that all too often, especially between family members, couples, close friends, or even workmates, communication can blow up, even though it ultimately turns out to be of great benefit to both parties, because one or the other of them assume that because they're so close, what's great news or communication for one will be received by the other in the same way. Well, most of those situations resulted due to lack of the appropriate amount and kind of time and space for that creative expression. What could have been a joyous celebration can easily turn into a minor or sometimes major (laughs) disaster. (laughs) Uh, A more physical example of not creating the appropriate kind of time and space for your creative expression would be if you were, let's say, a coffee house kind of a intimate acoustic singer-songwriter, and you booked yourself for an outdoor amphitheater that required wall-to-wall amps and speaker systems for a performance. Chances are, the event's not going to go so well (laughs) or be that successful. It would perhaps become maybe even more of a disaster if you had a full-on heavy metal band with wall-to-wall amps and speakers and tried to have a concert in a small coffee house to an audience of, say, 30. (laughs) Simply put, it's like you, you wouldn't try to have a safe, fun, kid-friendly birthday party at the city's most elegant Michelin star French restaurant on a Saturday night. Yet, if you wanted to wow an oat cuisine high-end foodie, it might be a perfect time and place to do that at that famous Michelin star French restaurant (laughs) on Saturday night. (laughs) Why even... Even then, maybe not on Saturday night. (laughs) So essential 
in fulfilling your expression in this world as a full-time, all-out, powerful, creative being, you need to be constantly creating the appropriate kind of time and space for yourself. The great news is that most of that doesn't have to take much time or space to create because the most important ingredient in doing so is just being aware and creatively mindful with what you are aware of. Whenever you become aware of anything, you immediately start to create more space in this world at the time for whatever it is. When you first become aware of something being in the room with you, you immediately start making a little space for that person to be there by your very recognition of that person. As you become more aware that that person, like you, is spirit, not a body. You make even more space for that person to be there in that room at that time as a spiritual being incarnated in that particular body. As you get to know that person more in any way, you create even more space for that person to be as they are in the world. Also, how you are in being aware of that person plays a big part in creating space for that person to be. If you're neutral and happy and welcoming and respectful towards that person, you create even more space. If you're dismissive or resistant to that person being in that place at that time, or you're resistant toward that person's way of being, then you start taking away space from them rather than giving them space. You've probably experienced both both of those things many times with others. When a person's welcoming and respectful, you feel like you belong there and they're accepting and enjoying you being you there at that time. Whereas if you felt that they couldn't stand being around you or that they just didn't want you there at that time, you would have a much harder time being fully present as yourself, much less express yourself in some creative, imaginative way. Ever had to ask your overbearing boss at work for a raise when he or she didn't want to be bothered? Yeah. <laughs> well, um, I, 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 I'd like to. Uh, 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 I, I want. I, I want. I, I'm asking if, if, if. Uh, never mind. I'll talk to you later. <laughs> I've heard conversations like that. Well, it's not really a conversation yet. <laughs> it means there's no space for you to be just means there's no space for you to express who you are. Because as a being, you're always creating all the time. So you have to have space to express all that you are creating wherever you are in the world. And you being aware plays the biggest part of your creating the correct time and space for you to be you at any given time or place. That means 
the more you're aware of yourself as you truly are, the more space you make in the world for you to creatively express yourself. In other words, the more you know yourself, the more you give yourself permission and space to express yourself creatively and shine in the world. Now, expressing your joy is a huge part of your creative self-expression. You certainly can express a whole lot of creativity in a mean, unhappy, morose kind of way. Unfortunately, we see all too much of that already in the world. Yet when you express yourself without joy, you're invalidating a huge part of your psychic makeup as a soul. Joy isn't just something you express. It's an integral and essential part of who you are. It's just that people don't express their joy unless they're extremely happy about something in their lives. <coughs> Yet that joy is always and forever part of you. The more you become aware of that aspect of who you are, the more you will experience joy in your life. And one of the things about joy is that if you don't express it, you don't experience it. Ah, mm -hmm. oh, yeah. That's why if you wait around to feel happy enough to express your happiness, you'll wait a long time. If, however, you begin to express more of your innate joy in the world in any way, you will surely experience more of your joy no matter what is happening in your life. Well, we're coming up upon our first break, and we wanted to let you know that you can still sign up for Michael's next Zoom class, Having Neutrality, Transforming Your Ego Reactions into Creative Spiritual Responses, which he'll give in English with immediate translation into German, especially, yeah, especially for his German-speaking students. It'll be given at 1900 to 2200 Uhr, so... Central European time, I hope I'm saying that right, or 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. U.S. Pacific time tomorrow, Thursday, April 14th. This Zoom class is part of his ongoing series in English and German on living your psychic soul life, daily tools and practices, and it's always great fun. For all the details in German and to sign up, go to imlicht.ch for the write-up in English and the direct link to the class information in German on the Imlicht website, you can go to michaeltamora.com April events calendar. In just a bit, we'll return to your creativity, expressing your joy. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. If you love living the miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamora, you'll love their teleclasses, seminars, and retreats. Check out their upcoming events at MichaelTamora.com forward slash events. The best book ever. Transformational. 
incredible information. One of the best books I've ever read. Inspirational. A must-read for anyone interested in accomplishing their purpose. That's what readers around the world are saying about You Are the Answer. The award-winning book by Michael J. Tomorrow, beloved spiritual teacher and clairvoyant visionary. Order your copy now at Amazon.com. Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. Find out more about everything that they offer at michaeltamura.com. And be sure to sign up for their free monthly newsletter. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Listening to Living the Miracle, Michael and Raphael would love to hear from you. Reach the show today by calling 1 888 346 9141. Again, that's 1 888 346 9141. You may also send an email to livingthemiracleradio at gmail.com. Now back to Living the Miracle. Welcome back, everyone. We've been having fun exploring the topic of your creativity, and what it has to do with expressing your joy. So let's continue joyfully. Joy, joy, joy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when I, before the break, I was talking about that joy is, is intrinsic to you, who you really are. It's like you, you can't get rid of it. <laughs> you might... Forget it. You might not pay attention to it, but it's part of your makeup. So you're never without it. It's in you. It's part of you, right? The only thing is is you don't get to experience it here in this world in when you're incarnated in a body unless you express that aspect of you. It, until you express who you are uh, as that joyous soul, mm, joyous spirit, which means, oh, <laughs> if you're being unhappy about something and you're not willing to express yourself as you are, you're you're being something else. Uh, that's the that's the challenging part of experiencing the joy that you are all the time is because you have to express it. The challenging part is that when you start to become more aware of it within yourself, that awareness brings out all kinds of pain and suffering Mm -hmm. (laughs) that you've held inside of you uh, that used to obscure your natural joyousness. That's all that happens is when you hold a lot of pain, when you hold your suffering, when you hold the the slights of the past and, and whatever you went through before in you, then that eclipses. It's like the the moon covering up the sun and it gets dark. It's like that. The sun's still there, 
But the moon covering it over in our sight line makes it seem like everything just turned completely dark. The joy is gone. The sunlight is gone. It's not gone. It's just eclipsed. What eclipses that is as that pain and suffering comes up into your conscious awareness, it's easy for you to believe that you are in pain and suffering at that moment rather than realizing that it's old stuff. It's old pain and suffering or even might not even be your old pain and suffering. It could be others' pain and suffering that you took on. Sometimes because we so want to help the other person not be in pain and suffering, we just suck it in (laughs) from them. It's just energy. But it still feels like pain. And it feels like you're suffering. Especially as it starts to surface. But unless you let it surface into your awareness, you can't let it go. Ah. So a lot of people who are in denial of of the pain and suffering that's that they're holding inside of themselves because they can't stand it, they can't handle it. So they just push it aside and said, No, I'm I'm fine, I'm fine, everything's great, you know, no big deal, blah, 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 and then then keel over. But if you recognize, oh, I'm holding on to all this old pain and suffering, whether it's my own from some past trauma or or I just took it on from somebody else. Ah, if you just recognize it and become aware of it, ah, remember about awareness, it gives anything more space. But that's what a lot of people are afraid of. If they become aware of something, it's going to give that thing that they don't want space to be. And so they try to get rid of it. They try to push it down. But the it's the exact opposite. It's only when you become aware of something that you don't want to hang on to that you can let it go. Just being aware of it, you start to make space for it to be so that it can complete itself and leave. It's only when you don't give something, especially something negative, something that you don't like, if you don't give it space to be, then it stays there by not giving it space by resisting it you hold on to it so don't decide not to be joyful just because you become more aware of the non-joyful experiences like pain and suffering coming up unhappiness anger you know a lot of things guilt sadness can come up yeah as part of your healing you're you're getting to let stuff Old stuff go before you you get kind of oldy and moldy. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing about that energy we call joy is that it's the energy of eternal life. Ah, that's why it's part of you. You're you're eternal as spirit. You never die. You can't get rid of you. (laughs) No one can. (laughs) You could say that life is a joyous celebration. Yet most people wouldn't believe that. They would look at the state of their personal lives and the state of the world and believe that life is far, far from joyful. In fact, in their judgment, life may be mostly pain and suffering. 
with, if you're lucky enough, occasional moments of happiness because they focus most of their attention on what they fear and don't want rather than look to what is true and always there no matter what's going on. Whenever you look to what is true and eternal, you'll discover that joy, that joy that is always part of who you are and is the celebration of what we call life. Life isn't dependent on what happens at any given moment in the world. Neither is you being made of joy dependent on what is happening in your world. You're made of joy that's that's already there. The world goes up and down all the time. But life is eternal. You are eternal. Your joy is eternal. The world, on the other hand, goes all over the place constantly. It's ever-changing. One moment it's this way and another moment it's that way. Did you ever notice you you have a just a great day, so happy, and then you wake up the next morning and feel like a Mack truck run you over. <laughs> then you get the bad news from someone. <laughs> yeah, then you get the bad news or, or vice versa. You still wake up in the next morning really happy still. And then you get a phone call and says, guess what? <laughs> really bad news. <laughs> and then phew, do you plummet in your joyfulness with the bad news? No, the joy is still there. So when you practice expressing your joy, whenever you do or say anything, you'll discover that you experience more and more joy, regardless of what may be happening at that time. Of course, there isn't one correct way to express joy. Because sometimes expressing joy in a really rambunctious way would be... (laughs) quite inappropriate and it would be hurtful. You could express joy loudly or silently over the PA system to announce to the world or with a little whisper. You can do it with bodily movements and facial expressions or you can do it sitting quietly in a chair. You can do it through throwing the party of the century or Do it through a silent walk in nature. You can express your joy by painting, sculpting, photography. You can express it through the written or spoken word. You can be joyful while giving an impassioned speech or while attending a funeral. And once again, it would be crucial to create the appropriate time and space to express your joy and celebration. That is life. At the funeral, laughing out loud and doing cartwheels aren't going to support, much less enhance, the purpose for the funeral. Yet quietly offering a joyous bon voyage to the departing soul and a joyous compassion for all those who are grieving and, and hurting would do so much good for everyone involved. 
living a joyful life every day it means celebrating the life that you are in the world regardless of the conditions you find in it and these days no matter where you look in the world you can find those kinds of conditions that are not anyone's picture of joyfulness yes. right and and having the experience and, and, and expressing joy ah you could express joyous peace you know how many times have you encountered a dear friend who's grieving after having such a big loss in his or her life and all you want to do is is console them but it's the joy in you expressed as consolation as compassion kindness gentleness peace that will raise their spirit in spite of how much pain they're going through ah so you have to really look at oh yeah joy in its expression in your expression of joy isn't just one thing of laughing and jumping up and down and doing cartwheels no it could go in any way it takes many 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 different forms of expression yes so i would like to talk a little bit about the difference between when a person does something joyously and when a person does the same thing joyfully and it's an example i've used before but it's one of my favorite because it's one that almost everyone in the world has to deal with and that is doing your laundry. Well, <laughs> some of you just put it off on someone else and pay pay them the money, and we do that with about one third of our laundry. You know, uh, I'm I'm washed out. Yeah, I don't iron clothes, so that goes to the laundry guy, and he gets good money for it. But doing the laundry, you know, that's a really good example because no one really likes doing laundry, but it has to be done. And in these couple of years when we've all been kind of cooped up in the house and not traveling as much, doing laundry becomes much more of an obvious quote-unquote problem. So what happens a lot of times is, uh, this is an example, so you have a pile of laundry that needs to be done and you're not uh, making the time or space for it, see Michael talked about that, you go buy that laundry and you throw energy at it, oh God, I got to do that, oh I hate doing laundry, you know, all those things, you throw at that pile of laundry and every time you do that, you make, uh, you put that energy on the laundry and then when you put your attention on it the next time, you feel your own disgust and and dislike for the laundry on top of it so it's even more and more and more and before you know it you've run out of underwear because you haven't done your laundry so many years ago I have learned that doing laundry joyfully is the only way to do it and how do I accomplish that well for one thing I make the time and space where um, when I'm at home I do at least one to three loads a day to get the job done And it doesn't pile up for me to throw a lot of energy at it. But the other thing is, I love clean clothes. I love clean, clean smelling clothes, clean sheets, clean everything. And I love it to be hung really nicely in my uh, closets. And that includes Michael's clothes, too. Um, and, and if I hang around the laundry uh, basket, I, I get thrown into the laundry, too. <laughs> yeah, then he gets all washed up. I'm just kidding. So anyway, what I do is when there's that little bit of reluctance there, 
working with, you know, doing the laundry, I remind myself how much I love clean laundry. And I show myself those pictures and I make it a positive task. Now, there are those days when I'm so busy, I got to load in the washer and load in the dryer and I just can't get the switch out done. And how I've learned to deal with that is just to be amused and know that within the next 24 to 48 hours, there will be the time and space. And if I have to rerun that wash load, so be it. Um, but not giving it that quality of, oh, I have to do this and I can't stand it. Rather, looking at what the result of your doing that work is. Just like a person working for a company or working for another person. So I'm going to talk a little bit more about that after the break. Meanwhile, our second break is just about here. So we wanted to invite you to join us for having certainty in divinity, using your intuition, and making a difference in a world of fear, turmoil, and doubt. It's our timely and powerful four teleclass weekend event coming right up on Saturday, April 23rd and Sunday, April 24th. Included with this remote weekend event, we will also have our popular bonus Zoom Q&A social Q&A and social following the last teleclass on Sunday for anyone who attends one or more of the teleclasses over the weekend. The topics for the teleclasses on Saturday, these are I'm going to list down all the topics for the teleclasses. So April 23rd, that's a week from Saturday. Here's the first topic. Confused, afraid, or in doubt? How to access your intuition and know what to do. And want to help but don't know how? Using your compassion, intuition, and power to heal. And then the Sunday class is Others Suffering, Getting You Down, How to Heal Yourself and Help Heal Others. And Want to Make a Powerful Difference, Having Certainty in Divinity to Build a New World. And that's the second teleclass on Sunday. For all the details or to sign up, go to our April events calendar at our website, michaeltamora.com, or call our office at 530-926-2650 weekdays during business hours Pacific time and speak with our fabulous assistant, Noel, who celebrates, I think, our 13th anniversary with us. When we return, we'll continue your creativity, expressing your joy. See you in a couple minutes. We'll be right back. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. Find out more about everything that they offer at MichaelTamura.com. And be sure to sign up for their free monthly newsletter. The best book ever. Transformational. Incredible information. One of the best books I've ever read. Inspirational. A must read for anyone interested in accomplishing their purpose. That's what readers around the world are saying about You Are the Answer. The award-winning book by Michael J. Tomorrow. Beloved spiritual teacher and clairvoyant visionary. Order your copy now at Amazon.com. If you love Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamora, you'll love their teleclasses, seminars, and retreats. 
check out their upcoming events at michaeltamora.com forward slash events. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. You are listening to Living the Miracle. Michael and Raphael would love to hear from you. Reach the show today by calling 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to livingthemiracleradio at gmail.com. Now back to Living the Miracle. It's wonderful to have you back. We've been exploring your creativity, expressing your joy. After all, who can't use at least a bit more happiness in their lives? So how can we make it easier to be happy? So let's continue. Well, I was talking about the laundry. (laughs) Nobody (laughs) likes laundry. They get unhappy. You know, it's the little things that you can uh, start to approach in working this level of joy. Um, You know, it's funny because in the week before every Uh, radio show that we do, um, even if I don't know what the subject is and Michael's getting things ready and so on and so forth, there will be things that come up. It'll come up as memes. It'll come up as something I overhear in the grocery store whatnot. And um, one of those happened this week before I realized we were doing a, a radio show on joy. And I don't remember who said this, or I might not even quote it right, but I'm going to do the best I can. And it went something like this. You can choose to be happy. You can choose to be sad. But joy is always a part of you. It's not a choice. It's always a part of you. It's always there. And that really got to me, got me thinking because when we get bad news about something or if we get really sad about something, it, it, what it, is hard about it is it disconnects us or seems to the illusion is it disconnects us from that joy. And so just being aware of that, that it's like what Michael was talking about earlier. It's like an eclipse, bad news or something happening or, or whatever that's uh, on the more negative end of things. It just eclipses that. And, and you might experience the disconnection from that joy, but it's always there and no matter how bad it gets, for instance, sometimes in, when someone is depressed, underneath it, there is that joy and working that depression in some form or another, even if you're working it with a psychotherapist, helps to clear that eclipse and get you back in touch with that joy. So the other thing I wanted to talk about are um, some of the ways that we can express or even recognize our joy. Um, and I wanted to just list a few And one of those things, for instance, is when we are, let's say, in a project or working with people, the energy of loyalty to me is a form of joy. It's an expression of I'm with you, I'm here, I'm connected with you, we're doing this thing together. And um, if that really coalesces with that other person, then the result of the finished project is in joy. It's like, oh, we did it. We got, we got this thing done. Another, even slightly maybe less important in some ways, but very important to your mindfulness about who you really are, little things like being on time, 
for your appointments with people. You know, everybody's time is valuable. And when someone is on time for an appointment, I always appreciate it. It brings me joy. And as you practice being on time to things, it should bring you joy too because you're fulfilling that agreement with a person. Willingness to help. Willingness to help yourself. Willingness to help others. And yourself is just as important as others. You know, I, I one of the things I noticed in this millennial generation is they're very concerned about mental health. And hooray for that. So willingness to help yourself even if you're having a bad mental health day, you know, paying attention, don't ignore it, take care of it, getting enough sleep, eating right, and also giving yourself a direction or even considering your purpose and get yourself going on fulfilling it. These are all ways you express your joy. Yeah, those are all great. You know, it just occurred to me, speaking of, bad news eclipsing your joy, your natural joyfulness. And there's, you know, all kinds of bad news. But one of the things I, I thought about is is that um, uh, a doctor gives you bad news. <laughs> it's a lot of times. Not so well. <laughs> I, said, uh, I, I said that the, the first three times an astrologer did my, my birth chart, and and was about to give me the 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 news. <laughs> it, it really looked like the all I could see is a doctor struggling inside to okay. How am I going to give my patient patient this really bad uh, prognosis <laughs> and diagnosis and prognosis? And I always wondered why they got so serious when they were trying to give me information about my astrological uh, chart. And uh, I finally. Asked Raphael, who's much more the astrologer in in our family, is is uh, why is it that every astrologer in the very first three uh, that I consulted always thought my chart showed a really difficult life, and they felt sorry for me. They they're going, oh, okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to tell you, but you got a really challenging life. And it's like a doctor giving you bad news. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, you know, you're not going to make it. And and my immediate response to to their uh, what would you call it diagnosis of my life was was that wait a minute. No, I've always felt like I was the fortunate one. I see so much suffering and so much pain and so much hardship and in all over the world all the time and yet I'm doing great and I I thought I was the lucky one why are they telling me that you know I have a harder life than most people and and of course when I told asked that question to Raphael this was years later uh, she laughed and she says oh well because there that's true <laughs> you've had a hard life and I said what what what's so hard about my life? And she, she said, "Well, for one thing, uh, since I've known you, you know, you've died five times <laughs> and returned and had to recover from from the physical aspects of of those traumatic incidents." And she says, "I know you've 
I've known you before all those times and, and you've had very, very challenging circumstances. And she kind of listed some of them. And I looked at that and I go, oh, I suppose people would consider those difficult, difficult challenges, but I didn't. Uh, I just, I was always looking at that like I was so grateful and so fortunate that, oh, I came out on the other side of it. Yeah, it might have been challenging or even painful during it, but on the other side, I'm going, thank God. I, I was able to get through this. And one of the things that that's taught me is how do you recoup your joy? How, how do you get past the eclipse? You get the bad news. And one example is, is uh, the medical thing where so many people, they feel they're doing pretty good. And then the doctor comes and says, I'm sorry, you have cancer. Or I'm sorry, you have a terminal illness or whatever. And boom, it just knocks them out. But then sometimes they have a hard time recovering from that knockout punch. Because for anybody, that's a shock. But especially if you didn't expect it. And... Um, for some, for many people, they they take it as an invalidation. What did I do wrong? Uh, here, I thought I was doing pretty well, and and I'm told, you know, I only have so much time to live, or whatever the case might be. And that's not really true. It's when you get diagnosed with something, the illness was already there. It, the diagnosis, your awareness of it, isn't the start of the illness. But what is it the start of? It's the start of your healing. Remember, awareness is the most transformative power there is. The moment you become aware of something, the healing toward wholeness, toward being less divided toward your joy. The eclipse starts to go away. It starts to wane. And, and so as you become aware of something, even if it's bad news, even if it's a terrible oversight, and you become aware of it, Either someone makes you aware of it by slapping in you in the face, or or you just stumble upon it and goes, "Oh my God, what you know? What have I done? What what's what's been going on here?" Ah, guess what? It's all in the past, isn't it? What's been going on has been going on, and if it's a negative type of a destructive kind of a thing that's been going on, a hurtful thing that's been going on, when you become aware, that's not when it starts. That's when the end of it starts. That's when the healing from that starts. Not until then. Not until the diagnosis. Not until you become aware of, oh, I have this going on. So don't misinterpret the, the bad news as that is what is the slap on your face. That's the stab in your back. No. That's the beginning of your healing. 
whether it comes via someone else or you discover it yourself, you have to be able to appreciate, be grateful that, oh, I discovered it. And now I'm aware of it. Now something can happen to the good. Now I can start to heal from this. Even if this has been going on for a long time, I can start to heal from this. Well, we're already at the end of our show. Once again, thank you so much for joining us today. We hope that you learn. We hope that what you learned will help you express your joy in many ways and create more miracles. Be sure to join us next Wednesday to discover how a miracle a day keeps you happy to play. And although many people try to play and have fun in order to get their mind off of their hardships in life, if you create, if you learn to create miracles, you'll be happier and get through those challenges more easily. Tune in to find out how. Remember to sign up for tomorrow's Zoom class. Having Neutrality, Transforming Your Ego Reactions into Creative Spiritual Responses given in English with immediate German translation as well as our April 23rd and 24th Teleclass Weekend. And by the way, these are all 2022. As well as our uh, Teleclass Weekend event titled Having Certainty in Divinity, Using Your Intuition and Making a Difference in a World of Fear, Turmoil and Doubt. For all the details and to sign up, Check our website events calendar, michaeltamora.com, for April 2022. You just go up to the events tab or call our office and speak with our fabulous assistant, Noelle, at 530-926-2650. Until then, be inspired, use your imagination, and follow your intuition joyfully. This is Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamora. We'll see you next week. Enjoy. We appreciate your joining us today. Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura can be heard live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until we talk again next week, remember to wake up to who you are. It's your purpose here on Earth. 